Hello, welcome to the Photo Engage podcast. I'm your host, retired United States Navy Master Chief John J. Giardina, avid landscape and travel photographer, and passionate self leadership coach. For I believe the first person we should lead each day is ourselves. Last week, in episode one, I introduced myself and spent quite a bit of time reviewing my professional career, especially my time in the Navy. It was actually fun taking stock of my various duty stations. In future episodes, we're sure to spend more time at each one talking about the most important aspect of any career stop, the people we meet, the experiences we share, and the lessons we learn. Right now, though, I want to thank everyone who listened to last week's episode subscribed to the podcast, or supported my work in any way. I really appreciate it. This week, as promised, I want to talk about my photography, at least in general terms. Cameras and the images they create have been important parts of my life since childhood. I think it all started with how my mom was always there with a camera to catch every birthday cake candle blowing and every Christmas present unwrapping. My family traveled a lot, so the camera was always out to document where we had been. From plane trips to Sicily to visit my dad's family, to road trips in the old Dodge van to New York City for Christmas time, taking pictures was an important part of making the trip official. I remember the excitement my parents had when the roll of film returned from the lab as colorful prints ready to be carefully added to the photo albums that sat in stacks on the coffee table in the living room. And long before those memories, and even my birth, were the thousands of photos of his youth in Sicily and early married life in Buffalo my dad took on slide film, all loaded into carousels to be projected on the screen and enjoyed by whatever family might be visiting at the time. I'm convinced many of my earliest personal memories are actually me remembering the images from those evenings looking at slides by the fireplace in the company of my family. As soon as I was able, I had my own two hands on a camera, which I used to capture everything from the fun of school field trips to the zoo to family outings to Niagara Falls. But there was a big difference between my mom's photography and my own. She was focused on people, her family, and what they were doing during some significant event. And I wanted to capture where we were and what it looked like, and even more so, what it felt like. That's a big difference. My mom's pictures were mostly snapshots, staged moments to document a family milestone. For me, and looking back for my dad as well, most of my photography was dedicated to the art of the image finding a pleasing composition in decent light so the lab would produce a decent print. Because remember, this was long before the advent of digital photography. Each roll of film, usually containing only 24 available exposures, cost money, and developing that roll cost more money yet. So every release of the shutter, at least to me, had to mean something. And even in the digital age, I've carried that same philosophy with me. Now this isn't to say I was some kind of photographic prodigy. Many of my early images were laughably terrible now looking back. But considering the limitations of my camera at the time and my relative ignorance due to inexperience, I did produce some photographs I still enjoy looking at today. 
My original brownie camera that used 127 roll square format film gave way to a multitude of 35mm point-and-shoots, ranging from Pentax to Leica. After I entered the Navy, I spent quite a bit of time honing my craft using the more advanced controls some of these cameras had, learning more about the exposure triangle, the relationship between shutter speed, lens aperture size, and ISO, a term basically meaning a film's, or digital sensor's, sensitivity to light. But the real turning point photographically came when I finally purchased my first single-lens reflex camera. The age of autofocus had arrived, and the mid-range Minolta Maxim 7000 and Pro-Level 9000 worked their ways into my camera bag. Shooting 35mm film, these two cameras allowed me complete creative control of exposure, as well as finally giving me the options to change lenses as I wished. I could finally have a decent telephoto or zoom lens to bring in some distant detail or choose a wide-angle lens to capture more of a particular scene. These two film SLRs were promptly and forevermore dubbed my Star Cams by a close Navy shipmate because I bought one of them using some Navy reenlistment incentive bonus money via the Star Program, a way to get Navy nuclear propulsion program sailors like myself to extend their enlistments. More importantly, I was finally taking images I was not only proud of, but were exactly as I had envisioned them before releasing the shutter, because I knew my craft and my cameras. In short, my results were predictable, repeatable, and not accidental. I captured images all over Europe, the Middle East, and at home using those two Minoltas. One especially memorable image I captured from that time period was a black and white image of the American Falls from Prospect Point in Niagara Falls, New York. It was nighttime, and I remember leaning way out over the railing to get the composition just right. The mist from the roiling water was filling the air and condensing on my lens, so I had to wipe it dry and capture the image quickly. The print returned from the lab just as I had hoped it would be, and remains my personal favorite image, even though many of my current photographs are actually far better. Eventually, digital cameras entered the market, and although they were nothing but curiosities in their early days, they quickly became the choice of most photographers because their image and qual color quality was very close to film. They could capture as many images as the memory could handle, and there was no need to buy film anymore. Digital image files could be processed using a computer rather than the chemicals in a darkroom, or at a print lab, which gave even more creative control to the average photographer. And although I love my two Maxims, they had seen better days and were due for an upgrade. And that's how I came to be a current Canon digital SLR photographer, although I'm toying with a future move to Fuji. Still, what's always been most important to me is the knowledge of the craft, the artistic vision for the image, the story that the image might inspire, and the ultimate happiness and fulfillment of the viewer as they engage with the photograph. I retired from the Navy over 10 years ago, and in the last three have really dedicated myself to producing the best work possible. I maintain a website of my best work, my portfolio if you will, along with a digital marketplace for inspired clients to purchase my work. 
I also write the Photo Engage blog that piggybacks on the topics I post about weekly on my social media accounts. And I'm now trying to further engage with my audience via this podcast, where we'll be discussing my images and also using them as inspiration to explore some life lessons I've learned over the years. Hopefully you'll stick around, perhaps even subscribe, and find something valuable and applicable to your life. Thanks for stopping by and listening to the second episode of the Photo Engage podcast. Comments are welcome to keep the conversation going and to give me ideas for future episodes. And please visit the Photo Engage blog available on my website. You can find the link in the description. Thanks again, and I look forward to meeting you with you again soon. In the meantime, I wish you fair winds and following seas.